This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. We actually had an entirely different episode planned for today, but we had to shelf that or postpone that for a few weeks because something came up with the guest who was supposed to be in studio. So I can't wait to share that one with you. But today, instead, we are tackling the topic of, what shall we call it, Jesse? The upcoming election, voting, how to vote in a volatile election season. Yeah, I like that. And just giving you some perspective that maybe is not what you're hearing on the news or what you're hearing on social media. Not that we, there's no new thing under the sun, but we just wanted to give you some hope and some fresh inspiration and some encouragement. I know a lot of people are just kind of over it. They're just kind of done with the politics. And we want to encourage you in this because the election's not over with. So you're going to have to keep hearing a lot about it probably. So let's talk about how we can approach this in a way that glorifies the Lord and that doesn't cause us to just live feeling stressed and anxious. But before we get to that, Jesse, there's been a lot going on in our home this week. We had the second child ever to go under for surgery, I, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, because Catherine got her yeah. adenoids out and her tubes in her ears many years ago, and she went under. And then Champ 
had surgery this week and sweet little boy, he was supposed to have the surgery months ago, but then he was so just fragile in the NICU that they wanted to wait until he was strong and healthy. And so they deemed that recently he was strong and healthy and ready for this. Mm-hmm. So we were a little concerned with how he was going to do with going under. It was a minor surgery outpatient, but still even just getting shots has been (laughs) a real challenge for his little body. He's very tense. He's very strong. He's very muscular. And when he gets those shots, his muscles just automatically tense up and it just makes getting those shots all that more worse. All that more worse? All that more worse. Yes, absolutely. And the other thing is his tummy. He just has a really, really sensitive tummy. So a lot of people, it's pretty common when you go under that you'll be nauseous and some people throw up. And we just fully expected that probably anesthesia and champ's tummy were not going to cooperate very well. But he surprised us by really not having any issues at all. And in fact, I didn't get to be there at the hospital for the surgery because of COVID. But Jesse, you were there and you sent me a video of him. As soon as he kind of woke up and came to, then he's trying to pull all the wires off himself. (laughs) Yeah, he got they put the uh, pulse ox on his toe. And it was hilarious because it's got the little red dot on his toe. And he was automatic. He loves red. And he was attracted to the little red dot on it glowing on his toe. And so he was picking at it and trying to pull it off. And it was, I thought he was going to be able to get it off, but uh, it was really funny. And he came home and slept for a few hours. And then he has just been kind of back to his normal self. Yes. He's uh, responding well with the, we just got him on Tylenol and Motrin. So he's responding well to that. But yeah, he's, he's almost not needing that anymore. And he's just, scooting around. He doesn't crawl. He has a scoot thing, roll scoot thing. That's how he gets places. And by late last night, he just wanted to be on the floor getting Mm -hmm. into everything again. So we were happy to see that and happy that he went through that with flying colors. The kids are on fall break this week as well. And not the whole week, but just they haven't, I think it was ended up being six days, including the weekend. And so that's been fun. We've gotten to sleep in, which mm-hmm. has been really nice. And speaking of fall, did y'all know that today is Amazon Prime Day? Now, Amazon Prime Day usually happens in July. But because of COVID, Amazon was just so overwhelmed with orders and just trying to kind of stay afloat with keeping everything getting out the door that they they said, we're going to postpone Prime Day. And they kept postponing it and kept postponing it. And it was getting so close to Black Friday that I was thinking, I don't even think they're going to have Prime Day. But then a few weeks ago, they announced it was going to be October 13th and 14th. So the day that this episode drops is Amazon Prime Day, which if you're not familiar With Amazon Prime Day, it is when they have some of their best sales of the year. It is on par with Black Friday. Some of the deals will be even better than Black Friday. And 
If you follow me on moneysavingmom.com, you know that we are all about helping you save money and helping you find great deals. And so all day, today and tomorrow, October 13th and 14th, we will be posting the best deals on Amazon, as well as a number of other companies have jumped on board and they're going to be offering sales and specials too. So it will be like a Black Friday week only in October. And then we're going to have another Black Friday week in November. So lots and deal, lots and lots of deals for you. And if you want to know about the very best deals as we head into the holiday season, if you would like to save money on Christmas gifts and just find great prices, I would love to invite you to sign up for my Hot Deals email newsletter. This is an email newsletter that I personally curate and actually send out. I'm the one that actually puts it all together and sends it out every day with my very favorite deals, the hottest deals, the ones that people are the most excited about that day. And I won't email you any more than twice a day, even on Prime Day, because I want to respect your inbox and the fact that you've given me your email address. So if you're interested, you can go to the link in the show notes for where to sign up for my Hot Deals email newsletter. So we're going to skip over what we're reading and what's saving our life this week and jump right into the topic at hand, which is voting and how to approach a volatile election season. And how should we as intentional people who want to live our lives with compassion and want to live our lives with intention, how do we, how do we do this when it feels like there's so much tension in the world? It's like you you cannot get on any form of social media. You almost can't even be in a group of people. And you mm-hmm. for sure cannot go to a news website or turn on the news and not be confronted with just, I don't even know a good word for it. I, I don't feel like any time in my lifetime there's been this level of kind of angst mm-hmm. and side-taking. And I, I feel like that COVID has really taken it to oh, definitely. a whole new level because mm-hmm. there's just so many aspects of it that people can disagree on. Mm-hmm. And so when as we start this, I just want to share with you something that I've been camping in, and that is, first off, choose people over politics. When you have a choice, and you do, choose to be kind rather than right. And I'm not saying by that that you shouldn't have conviction, that you shouldn't know what you believe, that you should never discuss that with other people, but relationships are always more important than getting in the last word and proving that you're right. And then just in our own everyday life, Mm To realize, you know, what's going to matter in 25 years from now? Is it worth burning a bridge over a policy (laughs) or a person, a politician? Is it worth burning a bridge over that? And one thing that I've really been working on is having discussions with people who see things very, very differently than me. Mm And working on being able to have those discussions and being able to listen and hear where they're coming from and respect that, respect the time and the thought that they have put into Mm -hmm. their position. And I can vehemently disagree with it, but I don't have to do that with anger. 
I don't have to do that with disrespect. Mm -hmm. I can show grace and I can show empathy and I can listen and I can learn. And I can also say what I'm learning and what I believe as well, but doing it with kindness. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it helps you refine what you believe and it helps the other person refine what they believe because maybe there's things that they haven't thought about and there's things that you haven't thought about and it allows you to tackle those and actually bring those to the surface so that you can talk or think about them and process through them and really develop your position. I think the other thing that's important when we think of choosing people over politics is to remember that everybody comes to the table with their own baggage, their own experience, and their own story. Mm -hmm. And so we all view life through the lenses of our own experience. And so for someone, a certain policy or a certain stance is really, really, really important because of what they've experienced in their life. Mm -hmm. And if we haven't walked in their shoes, which we haven't, we've our shoes are the only shoes that we've walked in, we can't fully understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And so to give grace and to recognize that they're going to see life from somewhat of a different perspective, and they're going to pull things out of politicians talk or the debates or something that then we are, mm-hmm. and we're going to see things in a different perspective too. And so to really be able to respect someone else's journey, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's okay to have our own convictions, just as long as we're remembering that relationships, they're still going to be there mm-hmm. after November 3rd, people are still going to be in our life. And it's not worth ruining them Mm -hmm. just so that we can somehow win an argument. Well, the other thing, too, is when you look and see what the basis is for the different opinions and understand that everybody comes with different color glasses and there's a reason why those glasses are shaded the way that they are, you get to know the person better and you get to understand each other better and you can actually then post whatever the election cycle is or whatever the season is and have a a deeper relationship because of it. Number two that I wanted to share really goes right along with this. And that is don't live in an echo chamber. I think it's really easy right now for us to follow, listen to, and watch people who are just kind of reiterating what we already believe. Mm -hmm. And then that's, I see so much on social media where people are just, you know, you find three people that are the well-known social media influencers or the, you know, talking heads or whatever that agree with you, that you agree with what they say. And then you're just sharing their stuff, which, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But if we're only listening to people who are just parroting exactly what we already believe, we're never going to learn to become critical thinkers. Right. And this is something that we really want our kids to learn how to do. We want them to be able to spot bias. Mm -hmm. But if you don't expose yourself to thoughts outside of your little belief circle or your belief bubble, you're not going to be able to think critically. You're not going to be able to have these conversations with people. You're not going to be able to hear what they're saying because you don't even know other beliefs that are out there and you can just instantly kind of put up a wall and be like, no, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I just really challenge people to let those walls down and really say, tell me more. 
You know, I might not agree with you at all at the end of the day, but I want to hear where you're coming from. There was somebody just on social media yesterday that posted who they were voting for and they, you know, shared why they were voting for this person. And I am not planning to vote for that person, but I really respected them sharing their thoughts. And I actually wrote to them and I said, thank you so much because what you shared and the way you shared it made me think. And that's always a good thing if it makes you step back and really re-examine where you're coming from. And I told them flat out, I said, you know, I am not, I can't in good conscience vote for who you're voting for, um, for a variety of reasons, but I really appreciate you sharing why you're voting the way that you're voting, because it helped me to understand some of my friends who are voting the same way and to understand more where they're coming from and their viewpoints. And if we don't ever have these conversations, if we don't ever expose ourselves to differing opinions, we're not going to understand. And we're just Mm going to put that wall up. And then we're never going to be able to challenge our mind and think critically. Mm -hmm. So don't live in an echo chamber. And one thing that I've been doing this election cycle is I've actually been reading news from two very opposing sides. I go to two different websites. I'm not going to say the two websites because people on here, (laughs) that instantly can rile people up. So just going to say I go to two very opposing websites every single morning and every single night. And I read and compare their articles. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And I think it gives me more of a holistic view Mm -hmm. of what's really going on because I'm hearing it from two completely opposing sides. And it's helped me to be more sharp in how I'm thinking and how I'm approaching stuff this election cycle. Number three, Jesse, this was yours that you wanted to talk about. So I'll let you share more. But you said live with perspective. You know, that something that has really irked me over the, to this last election cycle and, that, and some of the policy debates that are going on right now, and that is the hyperbole that's always used of worst in American history or this is the first time ever in the history of our country that something yada yada is happening. And like that's hyperbole meant to arouse passions and it's not healthy for one. But for two, it's historically inaccurate because you probably don't know if it actually is the first time in history that something has ever happened. And it turns out by people doing research that you're flat out wrong. And just having the historical perspective of things like different, some like the mail-in ballot issue that's going on. Well, something very similar happened surrounding the mail-in ballots during the Civil War. And reading the story around that and how the the hoopla that was created around that. So there's nothing new under the sun. And we need to have a fresh perspective that things are not necessarily as bad as people say when they use that hyperbolic language. And what it does, it just tends to rouse people up and to make people anxious and fearful. And I think that kind of leads into another section that we're going to talk about, about living in fear. But remember that this too shall pass. It's happened before. It'll probably definitely happen again, but don't be um, convinced that it's, you know, we're living in a special time period that nothing crazy like what's going on has happened before. 
Well, I think it is a unique time period in the sense of that in our lifetime. In our lifetime, yes. But when we can't say our lifetime is the whole capsule of American history. It's not. And like you were talking about fear, I feel like fear is a huge motivator. Mm -hmm. And that is something, you know, when you study marketing, they talk about using fear-based tactics to get people to buy something mm-hmm. because there's the scarcity mindset or something like that, or they're afraid of what's going to happen if they don't buy this product, you know, that's going to help them with this. Um, there's a lot of fear. And I feel like that much of the, even a lot of the political ads, if you really dissect them, they're fear-based. They're mm-hmm. trying oh, to cause you to be afraid of, if I don't vote for this person, mm-hmm. then this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And- I was listening to a political pundit last night, and it was all fear-based. I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's not going to happen. Everybody talks like this every election cycle. It's not worst-case scenario. Yeah, maybe some bad things might happen that, or things that you don't like may happen, but that's life. Well, and I think when we live in fear or when we make decisions out of fear, when we vote from fear, it's never a healthy reason Mm -hmm. for making that decision. And so really challenge yourself, why am I voting for who I'm voting for? And is it out of fear? Mm -hmm. And am I walking around stressed about the election, the outcome of the election, because I have kind of given into this fear that they want me to give into. Mm-hmm. And what would it look like to live in light of the gospel, which says we can walk by faith and that ultimately God is in control and it is our responsibility to vote. It is our responsibility, at least I believe that, and it's our responsibility to choose to make wise choices and all of that, but we can also rest in the goodness of God and we can walk by faith and we can choose to live from a perspective that is eternal, Mm -hmm. that all of this that's going on, this is just earthly. And what matters most is what's going to last for eternity. And I think living with that perspective, instead of getting so stressed and caught up in all of the fear mongering that's going on. And finally, this lends itself to lead right into the final point that I wanted to share. And that is vote with your life. I did a post on Instagram the day that we're recording this all about This And it's something that I've really been camping in recently, and it's helped me in my perspective, and it's helped me as I'm thinking of how to approach this. And I said, vote with how you live your life, not just with who you choose on the ballot. And I just wanted to read this. I said, I'm a big fan of doing our civic duty and voting, but you know what can make a bigger difference? How we live our everyday lives. I've seen a lot of pundits and talking heads putting a lot of blame for problems on politicians. While elected officials can and should be held responsible for their choices and actions, we also have a responsibility as individual citizens to be a part of the solution. If we say 
that we are pro XYZ? What are we actually doing in our everyday real lives to make a difference in that area? I'm not talking about posting something on social media or about having a heated argument to try to convince a coworker you are right. I'm talking about making sacrifices of time and effort. I'm talking about showing up and breaking a sweat. I'm talking about building that relationship, walking alongside that person, opening up our homes, volunteering for that organization, starting that nonprofit, giving to that cause we believe in, having the hard conversations, stepping outside our safe and comfortable bubble, even when it costs a lot. Let's stop waiting for change to happen at the mayor's office or our state senate or in Congress, and let's start being the change in people's lives. So as we approach this upcoming election, it is important, and I do encourage you to go out there and vote or to mail in your ballot if you feel more comfortable doing that. But just remember that how you live your life all the other days of the year probably matters more and is going to make more of a difference than that check mark that you make on your ballot. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 